episode 29 of Nature's Pulse. My name is John Lieber. You can reach me on Twitter or Instagram, which is at jungle underscore capital. This episode is for the week of March 29th. Let's take a look at this week's environmental news. I want to start off just by recognizing that a new episode of Environmental Professionals came out, my other show where I host um, environmental professionals to talk about their career. Uh, this episode was with Riva Shane Lino. So she is a forester in the Philippines and had a really interesting story and a lot of insight about forestry in the Philippines. So if that topic interests you at all, make sure to go over to my YouTube channel at John Lieber Ecology Planning and check out that interview. Uh, before we get into any um, articles, I did do a, uh, a short shout out to... Um, to uh, an environmental professional named Becky uh, Cliff. So Becky Cliff is uh, a British zoologist who is considered to be one of the founders or one of the leading experts on sloth biology and ecology. She's the founder and executive director of the Sloth Conservation Foundation. Through her PhD at Swansea University, Becky spearheaded the longest recorded study into wild sloth ecology through the Sloth Backpack Project and has since expanded her work to encompass many different aspects of sloth biology, ecology, and conservation. Although her areas of research are broad, Becky's work has always been focused around one central goal, which is helping sloths, whether that is through the improvements of re rehabilitation programs or by tackling the problems that sloths are facing in the wild. So I don't, uh, I don't know Becky, but I just am always inspired by uh, certain people's work and all that they do. And just the fact that she's dedicated her whole life and career just to one species, I, uh, I find a lot of inspiration in that. And I think uh, it's probably making more of an impact than we can ever understand. So people, uh, people really can be the solution at times. Uh, one other thing, uh, so I took a walk around Glasgow today trying to just to uh, clear my head from all the, the crazy workload that I have with my master's degree. And something I came across here that I've never seen is a monkey puzzle tree. Uh, so these, uh, this species is, uh, is native to the Chilean and Argentine and South Central Andes, and it usually grows above uh, 1,000 meters. It's an ancient species, uh, so its family uh, actually coexisted with the dinosaurs. Uh, it is native to South America, as I said, and um, it's uh, it's it's home to uh, so in so so in South America, uh, the tree acts as a home for the slender-billed parakeet and is home to over 70 species of endemic insects. So clearly, plays a really integral role in uh, Chile and Argentina. And where I saw it here in the UK, which is just for ornamental purposes, um, the seeds are used to be displayed by jays and squirrels. And I just made a note here saying that, you know, I'm not a fan of uh, non-native species being planted even for ornamental purposes because we really want to use every square centimeter of land to restore the natural uh, habitat of our, our highly degraded environment. But nonetheless, um, it was really cool to see this unique species that I'd never come across before. Um, so I'm quite happy about that experience. 
Okay, so our first article, and there's not really many this week, but uh, this is just so cool. I came across this on a LinkedIn post, and I don't know why it's not getting more attention. Maybe that because it hasn't been really um, applied at a large scale yet. But um, the title of the article is called The Radioactive Diamond Battery That Will Run for 28,000 Years. It's powered by nuclear waste, but it will still be safe for humans. So it says here, um, there's a potential game changer. So it's a startup in the States. Um, and it's a high-powered diamond-based alpha, beta, and neutron voltic battery. So the, the battery has radioactive isotopes from nu nuclear waste with layers of paneled nano diamonds. Diamonds are a rare thing to begin with, but their extremely good heat conductance makes them even more unusual in the realm of construction of devices. Micro-sized single crystal diamonds move heat away from the radioactive isotope materials so quickly that the, generation, that the transaction generates electricity. So there's a picture of it. Um, the diamond battery would use nuclear waste, which lasts thousands of years and involves layers um, of only the tiniest possible diamonds, um, but there is more complications to it. So each battery cell will only produce a minuscule amount of energy, meaning the cells must be com combined in huge numbers in order to power regular and larger devices. Um, and then the article just goes on to talk about some of the uses. So essentially a small indestructible battery cell like this could be used for uh, many, many of our modern day um, appliances. <clears throat> but something cool to note here is like uh, the Voyager spacecraft, for example, which we lost contact with after it exited our solar system because it lost power. Um, if we were able to power it with a system like this that could last 28,000 years, just imagine what we could see. Um, and, uh, and to have access to, um, to renewable uh, energy that's based off of the waste of nuclear waste is quite interesting and exciting. So this is really the first time that I've heard something exciting coming out of the energy world that's not fusion power, because for a long time, that's kind of been our one hope that we're banking on. So it's kind of kind of cool to see different prongs of innovation happening. And this sounds really cool. And maybe it's um, being overhyped and it's not particularly um, uh, uh, possible, but uh, maybe there's something here. So uh, I, I think that uh, we want to see what happens with this startup. So they say that they're launching um, actual product to be available in the year 2023. So let's see what happens in 2023. In the last article um, of this week, I know we didn't talk about a whole lot here, but um, just wanted to quickly go over some of the, the things that I saw. So uh, the Saudi Crown Prince has, uh, has been collaborating, trying to create a collaboration um, initiative in the, his region related to uh, large-scale tree planting, which is uh, pretty interesting. So he's trying to work with um, Qatar, Kuwait, Bahrain, Iraq, and Sudan, that's the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam, um, to discuss a massive regional tree planting project, and it would be um, the largest tree planting project ever done. 
So let's see, it's saying that they would plant 50 billion trees as the largest reforestation or largest reforestation program in the world. Um, the Crown Prince unveiled the, the ambitions, um, ambitious campaign on Saturday to see that Saudi Arabia planting 10 billion trees coming in the coming decades and working with other Arab states to plant another 40 billion to reduce carbon emissions and combat pollution and land degradation. The, the Saudi Green Initiative is part of the Prince's Vision 2030 plan to reduce its reliance on oil revenues to improve quality of life. So, you know, obviously Saudi Arabia has a lot of problems related to the environment. Um, but, I mean, as, as far as not having an opinion, this is just an observation that this, this initiative is happening. It doesn't really take away from all the, the damage that they're doing with the oil extraction um, and that it's very similar to when you look at Elon Musk and, and Jeff Bezos type of situation where you can take account that their wealth and see is it and try to make an equation on is it actually a good thing but regardless he didn't have to be pushing this initiative just like the Jeff Bezos and all that and it doesn't make their um, the things that they do uh, any less better but it, you know this they didn't have to do this so it's it's still good to see see it being done at, at the very minimal for for uh, the damage that Saudi Arabia specifically has caused um, in in uh, in the climate change realm. So that's it for this week's episode. I'll be back next week with more environmental news.